Hey everybody, welcome to the 52nd episode of the Masterclass. My name is Cam Brennan and I am joined yet again by the one, the only, our fearless leader, Mr. Dave Hogue. What's up? Hey, how's it going? You know, it's going. Good. I missed you last week. I know. <laughs> it was sad. We, We're uh, back. We are back and better than ever. Yes. Well, okay, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but this is episode 52, and this is a very special episode, Dave. Yes. It is our last episode. <gasps> da, 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 da. As a solo podcast, we are <laughs> continuing on the magic, uh, and we are joining a podcast network called Super Megacorp that, uh, well, that I started, so it's not really you know, famous or anything, but uh, it's going to allow us to team up with four other shows currently. Um, so this is the last episode that will get posted on masterclassfm.com and then we'll get posted to iTunes under this um, feed. So if you are subscribed to this feed and you receive new episodes of the Masterclass directly to your uh, podcast player of choice, you will unfortunately need to subscribe to the new podcast feed over at Super Megacorp if you want to continue to receive new episodes, which we really hope that you do. Uh, so we know it's annoying, and I'm sorry that we have to do it this way, but the only way to guarantee that you continue to receive new episodes delivered to you when they come out is to resubscribe. So we will have a show in not a show. We'll have a link in the show notes um, that will take you to the new iTunes page uh, for the new feed. And you'll notice that the artwork is a little bit different too. So that will help you ensure that you're subscribed to the right feed. Instead of a big uh, white M, there's a red cross now. So you'll notice that it's different. So click on the link in the show notes while you're listening to this episode and go ahead and subscribe to the new feed for the podcast over uh, on Super Megacorp. Um, and then you will not miss a beat because our next episode, episode 53, will only go live on the podcast network and not on the current website. In fact, our current website is going to go bye-bye in about two months once all of the redirects have gone through. So... You've heard it here. If you have any questions about this, why we did it, uh, if it's not working for you to, to subscribe to the new channel, all that stuff, uh, feel free to uh, get us on Twitter at MasterclassFM or, or you can email us at hello at supermegacorp.net and we will get that email and we will respond. Because we want to make this as easy as possible for you, <laughs> Dave. Do you have any any uh, words of farewell to our solo days? Uh, I don't know if I have any words of farewell. Um, so I guess I I, I kind of have a question of where will the where will our fifty two episodes be? Will they be able to get those on? Yes, super. The entire the entire backlog has been moved over to supermegacorp.net slash masterclass. So if you go there right now, episodes 1 through 51 are already sitting there. Wow. It took me forever. You know why? <laughs> because you would think that you could uh, import and export one Squarespace blog to another Squarespace. 
can't do it. You think that you could copy posts and no, you have to manually do it. You can do it from Squarespace to WordPress or WordPress to Squarespace, but you cannot copy from one Squarespace site to another, which is ridiculous. Yes. It took me many, many, many hours over many, oh, many no. days, but Hey, it's, it's all now. worth it. It's all worth it. Yeah. We're never moving ever again. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So the entire backlog of episodes is available on uh, the new feed. So when you subscribe to the new feed, you will see all of the old episodes if you want to re-listen to them or just the new ones as they come out. Gotcha. And uh, our release date shouldn't change. It should always be coming out on Wednesdays, you know, except for those rare occasions where life happens. But the only thing that's changing is our location. Awesome. So that is that. All right. We hope you're excited. Also, there's like, you know, four other shows that are half decent on that network too, so. Need to check it out. Yeah. Dave and I have another show. What's that one about, Dave? Uh, it's uh, about uh, unique characters or good characters in movies, and it's called It's a Trap. Yeah, we released episode one last week, and we recorded it back in January <laughs> before we knew what we were doing with audio. So the audio is not the greatest, but it's a good conversation and it's a very good character that we discuss in that first yeah. episode. So, all right. Um, we also have no follow-up. No follow-up. Which is sad because we haven't had an episode for two weeks and <laughs> no one no one wanted to know if we were okay. So I don't really feel very loved, but, you know, that's just my ego talking. So, All right, Dave. Yes, I think that we should dive into the Bible, because that's what we're here to talk about anyways. Not us, not me, not you, about Jesus and the Bible. So let's do it. Let's do that. All right, so we're at Matthew 13, verses 45 through 50. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea, and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the close of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. All right. That sounds like a party. Yeah. I'm going to decline that invitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So my first question or or statement we'll see is uh the parables that we covered last episode um and in this episode um seem to point out that a person needs to be in search of god uh do you think that that's an accurate statement um no not really (laughs) you don't think so no because i would say that the parable of the treasure in the field has it's more random I I don't I didn't get the impression that the person was looking for the treasure, but that it what was... else are you doing in the middle of a field? <laughs> well, I think I really think it was something that like see I thought I thought the last one was more they kind of stumbled upon it, and then this one there's more of a they're searching it for it. Okay, well, how about the parables in this episode? <laughs> seem to indicate a searching out of. And maybe we can replace God with the truth if we want to be a little more inclusive. Mm-hmm. But 
I find it uh, interesting that this seems to be, I mean, so again, this guy, this merchant in search of fine pearls, um, or these fishermen that throw a net in the sea to, to get fish, right? There's an intention to what they're doing. They're not stumbling across it, right? You, right. Don't, you don't throw a fish or a net in the water and stumble across fish. Like your purpose of throwing the net in the water right. is to catch fish. Yes. So what what do you think it means or how should we interpret that, um, that I don't know, desire or the the requirement to be searching. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of looking for words here. So maybe you can help me out. I I, I mean I guess I I really did. I I have a different perspective on this of just the 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 last time it was kind of a random he comes across the treasure in the field versus this time it was um the search, you know, looking for a pearl or like you said um the um if you're throwing nets into the ocean, you're obviously intention. Your intention is to catch fish, and so, um, I sort of took it as we've gone over the different parables that there's a, there are many ways to come across God, and I would say that for me that's consistent with what I've seen with people, and there are some people that just sort of stumble into God not really looking for him, didn't know that that's what their journey was. And it's like, Oh, I found Jesus. And, and then there are other people that, um, seem like they're searching really, really hard and still don't find, uh, Jesus. So I guess that's, that's sort of how I interpreted, um, the two different, two different parables that we've, done here recently that are obvious, well, not obviously, but are closely in proximity to each other in the Bible. And I would say that they're somewhat related. Yeah. Well, that kind of changes. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to, I mean. No, no, I'm, uh, I guess my whole thought process with the, uh, the treasure in the field was like, you don't, you don't stumble across that, but then you show me that website where those people did that exact that exact <laughs> thing. But it just I always envisioned like this guy was out there digging or looking or trying to, you know, whatever the the uh ancient Near East version of the metal detector beep beep was. Um I guess I just don't think people could be that lucky. Uh so I but I guess I mean Regardless of that, it's still the case in these two parables that there is a an intention uh, of finding something or accomplishing something based on what you're doing. And that idea that uh, God would require that um, has always just been interesting to me. And, I mean, I guess part of it goes to his desire to be wanted, his desire to have a relationship, you know, his desire to to give us choice, right? Mm-hmm. You know, even from the very beginning there was choice to be with him or not to be with him and it it almost seems like romantic in a way, you know. There's there's something to be said for wanting to be pursued or wanting to be sought after and and it's 
it's very easy for me uh, to take a very logical and um, philosophical viewpoint of God and faith and, and Christianity and, and all of that and not to focus on the um, maybe the romantic ideals that God seems to operate in. Mm-hmm. Creating man and woman, uh, you know, in the beginning so that they could be one and fill the earth and making the mountains and the oceans and the stars and the galaxies and the flowers and the fish and the animals and, and all the things that make the world such a beautiful place and all the diversity that he's created therein. Um, it's, it, I think it's easier for me to go the theology route than it is to go the, holy cow, like, he's a real being that genuinely wants to experience love with his creation. Mm-hmm. And that may be a far jump from from these parables, but... I think that the connecting link is this idea that we have to go and search for it. It's to be desired. It's to be, um, you know, uh, I don't know, fought for. That might be a stretch based on this particular passage, but um, it was just a nice reminder to me, I think, of there is another side to this other than just the, you know, the theology and the philosophy of, of life. Uh-huh. Know? So I just I found that interesting, and I don't know if I really had a point other than to say it was a nice reminder to me of like, oh yeah, that that should be the case in my life. I should be desiring after after God, not just you know dotting my T's and nope, that's not right, crossing my T's and dotting my lowercase J's. <laughs> so yeah, and I guess that's you know for me it's kind of a it doesn't matter whether you stumbled across it or you're looking for it, particularly when you're talking about the treasure and the pearl. The reality is, is when you find it, you do everything you can to obtain it. And, you know, kind of the question that I had on here was where, what do you place the highest value on? And I know for me, I don't, my behavior does not match that I place the highest value on the kingdom of heaven. I mean, I don't, sell everything to get it. I don't, you know, for that matter, I don't do everything that I could possibly do, uh, to, to, uh, reach the kingdom of heaven. And again, I'm not implying that, um, it's anything but grace that gets us there, but there is certainly this element of why would I focus on anything else? You know, why would I, why would I watch TV? Why would I, you know, why would I do anything when I could be spending time getting closer to God? And definitely for me, getting closer to God seems to fall more on that. It's a chore. It's what I'm supposed to do. Uh, it is not what I naturally gravitate towards when I have a free moment. And I wish that was more the case for me of just that um, when I had the time, my thoughts would be, oh, I could, you know, focus some time with God, and I don't do that. Agreed. Yeah, the uh, the sermon yesterday at church uh, hit on a few of these points, and that's why I think that I'm I'm kind of uh, drifting towards the the romantic side of it. Is like. 
you know, my heart is set on a very few things and they generally revolve around me. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) you know, what I do in my spare time, what I do that makes me happy. Um, you know, and, and, and if it's not focused on me, then it's focused on my wife, but generally in a filter of, well, if it makes her happy, then that'll make my life easy. Yeah. You know, and not to sound like I'm some unloving, brutish, you know, <laughs> jerk, but, you know, I am a selfish person. I want to do things that make my life better and easier. And I don't think I'm alone there. Uh, and so just kind of having that, the sermon yesterday, just refocus on, on like what you said, what, what do I put, you know, my, my value in? And, and am I, do I love God enough to value him over things like, not like television period, but like, hey, maybe watch two less shows per right, exactly. you know, time period and spend that time with God. Uh, is my spare time filled with Twitter and games on my iPhone or meditation, prayer, uh, praying for others? Uh, is my spare time filled with helping myself or with helping others? And, you know, I, I really enjoyed the this one part of the sermon yesterday, because that's something that we've talked about quite a bit on this show is we all want the quick, easy fix to having a better relationship with God. And we always come back to read your Bible and pray. Right. But no one wants to hear that answer. Right. And he made that exact same point in his sermon. He goes, you all know what to do. Read your Bibles, pray, spend time with God. Like there isn't, there is not, you know, you want a checklist one, read your Bible Two, pray three, meditate on what those you know, things are that there's your, but nobody wants to accept that answer because it's, it requires work, right? Right. Time, dedication, mental and, and emotional energy that we'd rather just, you know, watch the bachelor and YouTube and call it good. Yeah. There's, there's Christianity is not lazy faith. Like we've said in this in this show before, also that we think Christianity is a thinking face. Well, thinking requires energy and and uh, intent and problem solving, and there is no easy button for following God. Right? There just isn't. Um, now there's easier. Like we don't live in China, so we've got it easier mm-hmm. because our government is not at this point making it illegal to be Christians. But I just think that this concept, uh, not even concept, this reality that, that we need to be pursuing God is something that I have totally just kind of let go by the wayside and kind of just sat in my, like, I've got a master's degree in the Bible. I, I know, I know how this works. When in reality, if I look at my life, I'm like, wow, you have a master's degree in the Bible? You sure don't live like it. Yeah. Um, so that's that's been kind of kicking me in the butt lately. Yeah, and then I, and then I, I guess the next thing would just kind of be um, similar to what, you know, we, I had a similar at, at church. Uh, basically, he ended it with what is what is your next yes? And the point being of just saying yes to God. And when we say yes to God, it's not, you know, we always think it's got to be this huge thing that we've got to do to say yes to God. 
when really it's probably a smaller, simpler thing where we need to just say yes to God. And so, you know, it, it it's probably just, you know, serving somebody in a very simple, plain way that, you know, we maybe don't even think it's important enough, but that's really where God shows up and where God lives. It's in the, the it's in the day in and day out activities and serving people. And like you were saying, uh, choosing to put them before ourselves. And so, yeah, it, it's funny when it really comes down to it, it's not complicated. Um, but at the same time, for as uncomplicated as it is, there's certainly effort that has to be involved. So definitely. All right. So I'm going to skip down to this question. How do we get the people around us to want to look for the kingdom of God? Because here's where I'm coming at with this is not everyone is going to stumble into God. I don't think, I mean, some people certainly do, but how how do we yeah how do we get those people around us to want to look for it so are you talking about people that don't know god the people that do know god both yes because both need i mean right everybody needs to you would you would hope that it would be easier to get someone who says they're a christian to to look for the kingdom. And maybe this is a two-part answer. Maybe this is for non-believers and and then part B is for believers because they may they may be different. I don't know. That's that's why I'm asking you. <laughs> um well, I, I think to a certain degree it is it is contagious. And all of us have um other people that we have some sort of influence over. And so I, I think that's kind of a the continuation of, um, you know, we've talked about this before. We, we serve a God uh, who exists in community, uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, relationship going on there. And so if we serve a God who exists in community, uh, obviously community has to be a big part of our Hopefully that's not a jump there. I, I I think it's fairly logical, fairly un, not a not an unreasonable thing to think that if I, if we serve a God that's in community, that we should be living in community. And so, uh, that's where our faith goes beyond um, that. Reading the Bible and praying um, is existing with other people, and you know just sort of kind of um if it's if you're around people that don't go to church it's making that invite for them to to come to church with you or just doing doing life together whatever that may uh whatever that may look like and then is the opportunity to come uh about God and church then 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 making those making the invite um I think of my own family, you know, I'm like tonight I was just tired. So I just flopped in front of the TV and, you know, turned it on and between work and, and knowing that we would do the podcast. And so what is really everybody else that's at home with me do, they just sit and watch TV where if I make an effort to, to 
turn the TV off and have conversations with people or play games or whatever, then they do that as well. And obviously one of the things that we can incorporate from that would be um, how we serve God and asking others uh, to do that with us. Cool. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm always looking for the silver bullet. That's like under the question I put, this is the million dollar question, right? Like <laughs> if you can do this, then, then you can, you know, change things. And, you know, I, I catch myself in that looking for the easy answer. And, you know, I think that you're right. Like, yeah, uh, setting, setting an example, um, being intentional about the conversations you have or don't have. Uh, the things that you will do and won't do, uh, I I agree with all of that. Um, but I also think that there has to be an understanding of like it's it's not going to be easy, right? Especially with some people who are adamantly opposed to uh, the idea of religion or a god or you know, eternal life or sin or being told, you know, how to live their lives. Um, but I think it's definitely something that I don't think I know is what we're called to. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we care about people enough, we're, we should be willing to go, you know, through that that tough, you know, conversations and, and, and that sort of stuff. But also if we know these people well enough and they know that they love us or they know that we love them, I should say, you know, hopefully you can have adult conversations and still be friends at the end of the day. Right. Even if they think you're, you know, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. <laughs> yeah. So. And, you know, and there's even, there's just seasons. There's seasons for all of us um, in our walk where you're going to be more, on fire for some of these things. And there's going to be those periods where you're just not, and there's going to be, you know, periods where you, uh, so it, it, there's ebb and flow to our faith as well in terms of, um, there, sometimes it's just going to be easier than other times to do these things. Um, and just because it doesn't feel just cause it's when you reach those times where you don't want to do it, it's okay to do things out of discipline it is okay to do things out of duty to God. Um, you know, I think sometimes we think that's wrong or that we're not where we should be in our faith if we're doing it out of obligation. But you're going to have those times, and that's the way it's going to be. And um, more than the word obligation, I would I, I would prefer the term uh, being disciplined. And it's just being disciplined, God's sort of, well, I know God will show up now. Sometimes it takes longer than what we like for him to show up. But. Yeah. Well, but that, I mean, that, that almost goes with any relationship in your life, you know? Mm-hmm. There's going to be certain periods where you're just not feeling it, but but out of, uh, you know, whether it's obligation or discipline or duty or love for that person, which mm-hmm. I think all four of those words can be interchanged. Yeah. You continue to, you know, fight the good fight. And then, you know... Hopefully, that connection feels a little more alive again. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't think that there's anything wrong with it, even if you're not feeling it, continuing to do what you know you need to do. Right. 
because, you know, relationships are complex. And when you're in a relationship with the creator of the universe, <laughs> I can only imagine the complexity increases a little bit. Probably. Yes. All right. So let's take a look. I mean, I, I, do you feel like we need to explain the first parable at all? I feel like it's very similar to previous ones. Yeah. Um, but let's let's spend some time here on the uh, last four verses. And just for refresh, it says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea, and it gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, the men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but they threw away the bad. So it will be at the close of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. All right. So to to borrow language from the parable, how do we how do we know what a bad fish looks like? That's what I, I wasn't sure. It's it's kind of like it talks about good fishing and bad fish. And I was and again, this is I'm 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 curious here a little bit. I I have an idea of what I think it is, but um I get the sense that that this is um, talking about a community of Christians. I could be wrong. Is this a the world in general, or is this community? Well, see, I was I was leaning towards world in general. World in general, simply because he's not he's not addressing Christians per se. He's mm-hmm. just addressing the masses. So I guess that's why it, because it, it says the kingdom of heaven is like a net. So, so the kingdom of heaven is a net thrown into the sea full. Yeah, thrown it. So if we if we use the the terminology that I'm working with here, it'd be the kingdom of heaven is like a net that is thrown into the world and grabs up a bunch of people, and then at judgment day sorts the good from the bad. That's how I'm interpreting this. Okay. Now, you talk about the Christian... Well, that's because that's my question, is, is is this an element of, you know, God's talking about the, the church, you know, and people that claim to be a part of the church, and the reality is, is the person that we think is a good fish going to heaven with us, we suddenly find out, oh, they weren't a good fish. They're bad, and they're being thrown out. One fish, two fish, good fish, go to hell fish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I just, I'm the one that asks the questions around here. You got to. <laughs> and so, you know, I guess, and that's what my, you know, I, I guess either way, whether you're talking about inside the church and there's good and bad fish, or whether you're talking about the world as a whole, there's good and there's evil. Um, I think, and... We've probably talked about this before, but I, I, well, I guess I'll say I know I have a hang up when it comes to saying somebody else is bad or evil. So I'm grateful that that's that it says that the angels are going to take care of that. And I'm assuming they're following God's guidance on what a good fish and a bad fish is. Uh, but the reality is, at the very least, an evil fish does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ either way. And so if you don't have Jesus Christ in your life, then uh, 
you would be considered evil when it comes to final judgment after this world is over, whether it means you die tomorrow or the second coming of Jesus shows up. Um, if you're, if you're not in a relationship with him, then you are considered evil. And this is just the idea of being either being righteous or evil is hard for me because I don't consider myself either one of those things. I don't consider myself righteous and I don't consider myself evil. I figure I'm in the spectrum in between, but there's really not an in-between when it comes to God and how he makes decisions. Yeah, he's pretty particular that way. So, Because, I mean, a lot of people's response to the whole Jesus and Christianity and all that stuff is, well, I mean, I'm a good person. I don't cheat. I don't steal. I never murdered anybody. I don't, I don't you know, commit fraud. I'm nice. I'm a good person. So I don't need God because, you know, by my moral compass, I'm doing just fine. Mm-hmm. And, and, and God's response to that is, well, what camp does that put you in? Right. The camp that is full of people that I have relationships with or the camp of people that I don't. And I, th- I find that that can be very off-putting to people that don't have an understanding of what it means to have a relationship with God. Oftentimes the, the assumption is that, you know, being a Christian is following a set of rules. Um, do this, don't do that. Mostly don't do's and a few do's. Um, and so I, I, I've just found in my conversations with folks that, that are not Christians, whether they're atheist, agnostic, or, unsure or, you know, Jewish or Muslim or Buddhist or, you know, whatever the case may be, is that oftentimes they're operating with a partial picture of what being a Christian really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if I have the opportunity to explain it to them, more than not, the response has been, huh, that's never, I never, I never heard that, you know, cause like a lot of them grew up in church and it was, you know, again, more often than not very strict and lots of don't do that. Don't do that. Be a good little Christian boy. And most people rebel against that, especially when, you know, they're teenagers and, yeah. you know, so like I'm thinking of, of, uh, one example when I worked at, uh, after I quit being a youth pastor, the only job I could get was as a bartender at Red Lobster, which is ironic because <laughs> it's not really bartending. You're a glorified waiter. Um, <laughs> and I remember when people found out that I had been a youth pastor, they're like, can you even be a bartender? Is that allowed? And so that was, you know, obviously like starting point A. Um, but I remember one of one of my fellow bartenders, um, who's not a Christian, um, brought up I forget what it was, but it was it was like a stereotype or uh like a TV preacher said something and it like really struck like like he, he pushed the right button and I went off on like this six minute tangent. Not mad at him, just like explaining why this was wrong and what being a Christian was actually about. And, and then afterwards he goes, Oh, 
goes, I've never heard it that way before. He goes, that makes a lot more sense. And I was just like, that like vindicated like, okay, this does make sense. This isn't crazy. He didn't all of a sudden become a Christian and start, you know, kneeling on the floor, worshiping Jesus on the spot. But when he heard what being a Christian is actually about and what Jesus actually did and what, you know, faith in Christ is supposed to be, his first response was not, wow, that's an emotional crutch or you're intellectually stupid. It was, oh, that makes way more sense than the BS I'm hearing from these people. Right. So long story short to say, I don't even know what. I got off on a tangent. Now my <laughs> mind is blank, Dave. Um, God, you think I'd stop doing that by now. But I guess that's a problem I have. Yeah, I to go see sorry. a doctor about it. <laughs> I don't know about that. But uh, yeah, and that's. Uh, um, well, I have no idea what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I have brainwashed both of us yes. successfully. All right. Well, do you have any other thoughts before we uh, call our solo careers? Uh, Call them done? Um, no, I don't. Okay, well, I guess that brings us to an abrupt halt of episode 52. <laughs> uh, again, thanks for listening. As always, we're just thrilled that there are real live human beings that listen to the show. That is, is the coolest thing to us. Uh, we just, some days I don't believe it, but you're out there and that makes me happy. So anyways, uh, Go ahead and look at the links uh, in the show notes, which can be found where, Dave? Uh, our new one or the old one? No, this is the last time, Dave. <laughs> this is the last don't time. Don't mess it up. <laughs> Their show notes. Uh, oh, I don't know. At masterclassfm.com slash masterclass slash five two. Ding, ding, ding. I guess he can stay on the show. <laughs> so if you go there or if you're listening on your smartphone, you can scroll up from your artwork most likely and they'll all be listed there and there will be a link to the new uh itunes page for the new feed so that you can subscribe there and there will also be uh an email link to our new email um which i'm pretty sure is hello at supermegacorp.net but now i'm second guessing myself I'm pretty sure it's that. That's, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have done info at because that's dumb. But but now maybe I did. I don't know. Um, I'm totally prepared, guys. It's okay. <laughs> but this is our last show on the Masterclass FM website. Go over to supermegacorp.net if you're yes. bored and check out the other shows. Just, you know, and, and leave us some feedback. Do they suck? Are they okay? Uh, you know, what do you want us to cover? Because we got the, the other four shows cover... A vast majority of things. Dave and I have a have a show about movie characters. I've got a show with my buddy Nick about baseball, and then I've got two solo shows. One about uh, iOS apps, and then another one that's called All Things Neat, and it's just stuff that's interesting. So, cool. Yeah, we're doing it. Living the dream. <laughs> All right. See you guys later. Bye. Bye.